Hey, hey, my, my, the Harland Highway will never die. It might die if I keep trying to sing like that, like an idiot. Uh, hello, everybody. How are you today? Uh, what a show we have today. I actually got a call from a pavement pounder asking me uh, a very interesting question about movies, and in particular, a movie that I was in. And I think it led to a, a pretty interesting uh, little conversation or piece uh, about uh, a certain aspect of the movie industry. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, and uh, also speaking of celebrities, we're going to be examining the phenomenon, the resurgence, the reemersion of Marie Osmond, or Marie as she goes by now. Uh, she is the spokesperson for the Nutrisystem commercials the weight loss Nutrisystem, and man, is it just me or is 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 she like putting it out there? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna discuss that faux show, and then also we have a crazy news story. I don't know what your work record is, but wait till you hear this guy's work record, and he might just be borderline genius when you hear the story. And I think you're borderline genius for listening to the Harland Highway. Where am I? What is this? Some kind of a joke or something? Welcome to the Harland Highway. What you talking about, Willie? Son, you got a panty on your head. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Oh, God, what's happening here? What's happening? Hey, Harland, it's Shelly. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That is fantastic. What's wrong with everybody in this crazy place? The Harland Highway. <gasps> what is it? The opening. To what? To another dimension. This is Harland Williams. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. That is fantastic. I'm Marie, and I lost 50 pounds on Nutrisystem. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, sweet Marie, sweet Marie Osmond. I don't know why she doesn't use her last name. It's, you know, it's Marie Osmond that does the NutraSweet commercials. But it's always just Marie. It's kind of like, remember, Jeb Bush was ashamed of his last name. I'm Jeb, and I'm, I proved this message. I'm running for president. Well, I was. What, what's with the whole not using the last name thing anymore? Are people ashamed? Or are they just lazy? Oh, my name's too long. I can't say it all. My name is Harland. Oh, do I have to? Okay, Williams. Okay? God, I hope you're happy. Christ. Oh, I'm exhausted. How? I can't believe I said my whole name. Oh, my God. Um, but uh, have you seen these commercials, the NutraSweet uh not NutraSweet, the NutraFast commercials with Marie Osmond. You, you've heard this, right? We all want that little black dress moment, that look good, feel good moment. But when you're overweight, it's more like little black dress. I don't even want to get dressed. I'm tired. My knees hurt. I'm not going up those stairs again moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's actually, it's NutraSystem, not NutraSweet. Yeah, we, we all have that. I, I, I hate getting into my little black dress and trying to get up the stairs. 
Uh, but uh, the Nutrisystem commercials, here's where I'm going with this. And with all due respect to, to Marie, quote-unquote Marie, um, who looks super hot, and that's the reason I'm talking about this. Is it just me or is it every commercial? And and I'm trying to put this delicately because I like and respect Marie. But the, the way they're dressing her, the way they're doing her hair and her makeup and her lip, she's starting to look a little, shall we say, slutty. Um, and, and I don't mean slutty in a bad way to, to harm the Nutrisystem brand. But she's just, you know, I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. And, and during the 80s, there was there was kind of an era or an era, however you want to pronounce it, man, where the girls that wanted to look kind of hot and go out to the nightclubs and, and look a little provocative and, and sexual and, and, you know, the term we used back then was a little slutty, but it was a good slutty. To mean they hung out on a street corner on crack and made people pay for sexual favors. It was slutty like, wow, that girl's like kind of showing off her sexuality and she's kind of dressing and, and preparing her makeup in a way that says, come get it, boys. You know, come hit on me. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm on the market. I'm ready to go. If, if, you, if you press the right buttons, I'm ready to throw down. Let's hit the pillow. And it seems like every commercial in this Nutrisystem thing, like Marie, in my opinion, is getting more and more kind of slutty looking in a good way. Like the dresses are getting tighter. The bangs are getting bigger. The lips are getting fuller. They're, they're, sh- they're shimmering more. The lips are getting fatter with more red lipstick, and they're making them all wet and they, they put some kind of moisturizer on her lips looks like she just got off a water fountain you'll get perfectly portioned meals that are ready in minutes so there's no counting no measuring no guesswork simple her eyeshadow, the, the way they've done her eyes very seductively and if you want a reference for this if you don't believe me go into like uh, YouTube and go on like like rock videos from the 1980s. Okay, like hit any Van Halen video or any, any you know, hard rock video, you know, um, Van Halen or Guns N' Roses or Def Leppard or White Snake. Remember that girl rolling around on the front of the car, the, the hot redhead? They all kind of had this look. And in you look, I'm not being offensive. It, it 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 was kind of known as the slutty look. And it's kind of like, come get it, boys. And I'm telling you that I, I got no, no interest in Nutrisystem. I don't want to go up any stairs or get on a treadmill, but I'll tell you what. Marie Osmond, or Marie, you know, we can't say her last name. Marie is looking pretty spicy. Like, I, I, I can't wait to see what happens next with Marie. I'm, I'm like, it feels like they're like, you know, you hear, you heard the music in the background for this commercial. I'm just, I'm just waiting for, uh, like porn music to start playing in the background. This is your moment. Don't wait. Start looking and feeling great. You hear today. it? You hear that kind of upbeat, like pumpy music? 
Yeah, well, with the way she keeps dressing and kind of that provocative 1980s video vixen look with the bangs and the tighter dresses and then and now they're doing camera angles where they kind of zoom in right on her crotch. She actually points to her crotch in one of the commercials. I'm not kidding. She actually goes, you know, I always have trouble in this area right here. And she kind of does this triangle figure with her hands and kind of places them right over her, you know what, like half over her pelvis and half over her, you know, the promised land. And I just, I, I'm starting to wonder if they're really kind of using sex to sell the, this Nutrisystem or whatever it is. This is what it's what it should sound like with the porno music under it, for real. As women, we always talk about how we should look or what's the best way to lose weight. But for me, it finally became all about how I feel. No tricks, just me. I looked in the mirror and I saw what I didn't want to see. The truth. Oh, yeah. I was 50 pounds overweight. Oh. It was a rough day. Oh, yeah. That's when I decided oh. I had to lose weight. Oh, baby. So I chose the only simple option for me. Oh, give it to me. Oh, yeah, honey. Put that, take that little black dress off. Oh, yeah. Put that cupcake in your mouth, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah, do some crunches, baby. Oh, honey. Eat that frozen lasagna. Oh, baby. Suck that chocolate milkshake. Oh, eat that cheesecake, baby. Oh, oh, work that treadmill. Oh, Marie. Oh, honey. Oh, baby. Oh, honey. Eat that meatloaf. Oh, 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 eat those Brussels sprouts. Oh, stuff that chocolate cake in your mouth. Ah! Oh, oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, honey, that was good. Give me a cigarette. Let's let's go over to Burger King, get a Whopper, and then go do some some push-ups at the gym. All right. Enough, enough. You, you, you get the point. But, hey, Marie, despite looking kind of a little trashy and a little sleazy, and you, you look good, okay? You look good. I guess Nutrisystem's working for you because you look super-duper hot. I lost 50 pounds on Nutrisystem. Good for you, Marie. It's, it's working. You, you look fabulous, and... Uh, Keep on, keep on bringing it, man. It's a pleasure to watch you on TV. You look beautiful. And uh, I'll just keep thinking of, uh, you know, a Van Halen rock video from the 1980s. As you get slimmer, all of us guys who had a thing for that slutty look of the 80s are getting a little fatter, if you know what I mean. Calling from Escondido, California. I was wondering if you could talk about on the podcast why you weren't, and if you even wanted to be in Dumb and Dumber Two, because everybody loved your part in Dumb and Dumber One. If you didn't want to be in it, I don't blame you because it wasn't very good. Also, do you think sequels aren't good for cult classic movies anymore? 
I know Star Wars geeks are still in the sequels, but I'm talking about cult classic movies like Dumb and Dumber, Anchorman, Friday. The first one's a classic, and the second one's not as good as the first. And speaking of cult classic movies, as much as I loved Half-Baked, I do agree with you when you said it might be too late to make another one. Or in my opinion, it might not come out as good as the first. Those are just a couple things I thought you could talk about on the podcast. Chicken chow mein. Well, Eric Lee, thank you for that uh, phone call. Uh, yeah, interesting uh, scenario played out with Dumb and Dumber 2. Um, when I heard it was, was in the works, um, are you kidding? Of course I wanted to be in it. Oh, my God, I wanted to reprise my role as the motorcycle cop. I had all these visions of grandeur. I thought, oh, what if what if the cop, instead of just one scene, you know, the cop's chasing them throughout the whole movie, like from town to town, city to city, and they have these run-ins. I thought that would be great. But that was me being selfish, of course. Uh, you know, more more screen time, more scenes, more more of an integral part of the film could only hope and pray what what fool wouldn't want that to be working with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels and the Farrelly brothers and so yeah the answer is that I I really wanted to be in the sequel and um it was interesting as production started to happen we were a bit confused as to why we kind kind of hadn't got a phone call yet and then someone sent me a podcast. I guess the Fairley brothers had been interviewed on a podcast somewhere. And they, you know, they said, oh, they were bringing everyone back, the whole cast. And, you know, everyone was going to be there. And, and so I was like, oh, wow. You know, because uh, as of to this date, I have not been in a sequel. Um, I've been in a whole crap ton of movies, many of which are sequel worthy. And I have not yet been in a sequel, so I'm kind of like, it's the one the one kind of nut I want to crack before I hang up my acting career tomorrow. I mean, or one of these days. Um, so, then, um, so then what happened is Dumb and Dumber 2 got up and running, and they, they, they started getting ready to shoot. And, and so we became concerned, me and my agents and my managers, and we were like, wait, why haven't we got a call yet? And so we, I kind of did the unthinkable, something I, I never have really done in my career is, is me and my agents and managers talked and we were like, you know, maybe we should reach out to them, which is something you never want to do because it looked desperate. But, but we were like, wait a minute, this movie meant a lot to me. This was Dumb and Dumber was my very first movie. It, uh, you know, it, it kind of jumpstarted my film career. It's very sentimental and. Of course, I can't tell you how much I love Jim Carrey and, and the Farrelly brothers and working with all that crew. And, and just like you said, it was such a classic comedy. I didn't want to miss out on, on you know, it happening again. And then uh, as time kept going on, like we, we weren't really getting any positive reaction or feedback from, from the, the folks doing the sequel. And, and it kind of dawned on me that I was like, wow, I, I don't think they want me in this thing. And then, you know, you start filling in the blanks. You start going, did I say something? Did I do something? Is someone mad at me? Do I suck? Is someone, you know, you get a little bit insecure because, you know, I felt like in the first movie I delivered. You know, they asked me to do something and I feel like, you know, after 20 years, 
of people coming up to me and telling me how much they love that part, as, as you said, you think, well, I must have done something right. I must have done something funny because it was just a small part, but people seem to remember it. Not only remember it, but remember every damn word of it. You know, I've, I have people come up and recite the, the, the lines verbatim to me all the time. And so it resonated somehow. And so I was like really excited not only to be in a sequel, but to be working with those guys again. And obviously in, in such a great franchise movie, you know, it's not like they're asking me to do a sequel to, you know, some, some, you know, semi successful, you know, movie that, that probably wasn't worthy of a sequel. This one was like, yes. And so uh, after a while, they started production and they started shooting and it just became obvious that it wasn't going to happen. It's like, okay. So why do I keep telling you about not giving me the call. Because it works Marie, if, and I'm I know talking, it'll work Marie. for you. Thank you. Boy, Marie Osmond just won't let it go. I mean, maybe she's coming on to me or something. But uh, so, so eventually, you know, it dawned on me. I had to c- come to the sad realization, the sad truth, and just go, oh, those guys don't want me in the sequel. Everybody else. I heard him say it on the podcast. Everyone else is in the movie except me. And, and I just felt very sad, you know. I'm, I'm always very grateful for all the work I did, and I, I'm not a guy that, that I never look at what I don't have. I always look at what I've been able to do, what I've been able to accomplish. But but this, as I said, this was a special movie. This has a lot of sentimental value. And it was I knew it was going to be a big movie. And and so yeah, I was I was sad inside, but I you know what? I just I, in Hollywood, it's such a tough town. I just had to let it slide. I was like, "Okay, well, I'm not invited to this party. Let it go." And I let it go. But uh, that being said, I was still very supportive of the movie, of Jim, of the Farrelly's. I was like, I wanted it to be huge. I figured, you know what, I did my part in the first one. I, I feel like I, I, I did a good job, and so I just have to let other people do a good job. So, of course, I went out to see the movie opening weekend, and and it dawned on me rather quickly about halfway through. I was like, wait a minute, they, they didn't bring anybody back. The, the only person they brought back was the little the little deaf kid or blind kid that had the little parrot, the little budgie. And I, I hate to say it, but it, but in the original you know movie, I, I, I don't think his part was really all that pivotal and I, I don't know that it was super funny. It was a it, it was more funny that a kid had a dead parrot, but I don't know that the kid really, did anything super funny. It didn't make me break over and laugh, but but it was a, it was a funny kind of scenario, I guess. And and then all of a sudden they brought this kid back and and they brought him back like he, his his scene and his screen time was longer than what it was in the original. They kind of milked it a lot longer. And then I kind of felt a bit weird, like I thought of all the people to bring back. Why did they bring that guy back? They didn't bring back Lauren Holly. They didn't bring back. Uh, they didn't bring back any of the bad guys. They didn't bring back Seabass. They they didn't bring back any of the other characters. So in a way, I took a big sigh of relief. I was like, okay, so they weren't out to get me. It was just you know they didn't bring anybody back, which I'm to this day a little confused about. Because usually when there's sequels, you you bring back the assets that help make the original good, you know? And it's not like any of, of us would have said no. 
And as I mentioned, we did reach out to them and say, hey, you know, Harlan's interested. He's available. If, if you want him for the sequel, he's down. And they just didn't bite, you know. So that brings us to your second part of the question is, uh, what did I think of the movie? And just to sum up, so I, I was sad that I didn't make it in. I was sad that I wasn't invited. I supported the movie, obviously. But then when I saw the movie, and, and I'm this isn't sour grapes. I'm not being mean. I love all the actors, the director, everybody involved, okay? But I always call stuff as I see it. I don't like to BS. And I don't. I feel like you're not doing anyone any favors when you just lie to them. And I've always been like this, and maybe it's to a fault, or maybe it, it's good. Some of my friends probably appreciate it, and some of them probably hate my guts for it. But when I don't like something or I don't think something stands up or is good, I tell them. And my theory is that way, if, if something's what I think is good and I tell them, then they can rest assured that I'm not just, you know, pandering to them. I'm not just, you know, buttering them up. They, they can rest assured for whatever, for whatever my little opinion is worth, they know they're getting the real deal, okay? So to be honest, I did not like Dumb and Dumber 2. Sadly, I was disappointed. I wanted to love it. I wanted to tell people to go see it. I want, Even though I wasn't in it, I wanted the story to continue. And sadly, I just, I like I said, I felt like it got hurt because they didn't bring back um, some of the other characters to help, you know, people kind of remember why the first one was so fun. And then also, I just felt like the story wasn't good. I thought the, the, the sets looked kind of cheap. I thought the production value wasn't good. I, 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 I love Jim and Jeff, but I, I felt like because they were older and they, they knew this movie had to be big, I felt like they were pushing a bit too hard with their performances. I didn't feel like it was as natural and organic as the first one where it just, I really believed these were two dumb characters where in this one, I, I felt like I was watching them act and be silly a little bit more, which doesn't take away from how great they both are, but, uh, it just, I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I almost walked out of the movie. I wanted to walk out and that's a sad thing to say, but like I said, I'm being honest, but I stayed because I was like, I got to see. What happens? I got to see how this ends. And then they, they brought in this storyline where they found Jeff Daniels' daughter or Jim Carrey's daughter. And, you know, this girl was beautiful, but she just, she wasn't funny. You know, God bless her. She tried. I mean, talk about being put in a hard position. They're like, hey, you're going to be the third dumb character in a movie with two, like, kind of comedy geniuses. Well, I'd say Jim's a comedy genius, but Jeff's, Jeff was funny. He was good. But you got, you know, that without Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber, you just don't got Dumb and Dumber. I mean, that guy, that guy's off the hook, like comedy, comedy brilliance. Um, and credit to Jeff Daniels, who's able to keep up with him and bring his own brand of comedy. But Jim's really the nucleus of, of the, the, the comedy tone and madness of that movie. And so they throw this, this cute actress slash model girl into the mix. And I guess they were expecting her to keep pace with these guys who are already established and, and it just fell flat, man. It, it actually became painful to watch and annoying and, 
And at the end of the day, I did not like the movie. And as I said, it has nothing to do with my personal relationship with anyone involved. Um, it has nothing to do with me not loving and respecting what, what you know, the Farrelly's and, and Jim and everyone did. They're, they're great, but this, this was just a mess. You know, this one to me was a mess. So, so there you go, man. I hope that answers your question. And, uh, as far as sequels go, yeah, they're confounding because like Dumb and Dumber, you've already established these amazing characters, uh, with, with any successful hit movie like Wayne's world or Rocky or whatever it is, it's always disheartening when the sequels worse than the first one because you feel like wow they the the first one they found these characters they found their voices they know who they are and so just keep it going you know and i think it comes down to writing a really good story writing a really good script and i i think a lot of time when they do sequels they they get this mindset it's like well we we already got you know we already got them hooked in. Who cares about the story? They just want to see these characters alive and moving. And and it's not true. You really, I think you almost have to write a sequel better than the original. Or at least as good, you know. And, and a lot of sequels fall flat because I think they're just counting on people, you know, taking the bait because it's, it's something that was already a hit. And I think you almost have to work harder to keep people keep people in in the in the wheelhouse of of you know the franchise you create um so that being said i i don't think critics really loved loved the movie dumb and dumber 2 and and if i'm being honest i feel like and a lot of critics said this they said that dumb and dumber 2 it came like 10 years too late i think jim was so successful and so busy being a star and and, and being the lead in so many other movies, he didn't need to do a sequel. He was in that rare spot where he could just keep picking and choosing new projects. And so he's like, why do I want to redo something I've already done when I can keep doing new material? But then as we've seen in the last little while, you know, Jim, like all actors and actresses, your star starts to fade a little bit where you're not you're not on the A-list anymore, or maybe you are, but you're not the go-to guy anymore. You're not the number one pick. Your fan base is dropping off a bit. And so I think I think Jim was like, hey, I can always go back to Dumb and Dumber now and and get it going. And unfortunately, I think it was it was like t- you know, 10 years too late. They probably should have done a sequel like maybe three or four years after the fact, maybe five, even 10 was pushing it, you know? Um, so so there you go. And as far as what you said about Half-Baked, yeah, I've said this for years. It, it's like, you know, me and the guys from Half-Baked, I, I, I know personally I'd love to do a sequel to that movie. I think it would be really huge, but it gets to a point where maybe we're too old. You know, nobody wants to see a bunch of stoner guys with gray hair. And, you know, I, I, I feel like if we did it, it would have to be in the next few years, but I'm still not sure it would work because we all look older. I mean, dude, I'm 53 now. Do you really want to see a, a movie about a 53-year-old stoner? I, I don't know that it would work. So it's all about timing. It's all about doing it right. I mean, on the other hand, you look at Creed, you know, 
Stallone just did like the fifth or sixth installment of Rocky, and he's like, I think he's pushing 70. But he found a new way of doing it, a new angle. He's not the fighter anymore. Now he's the coach. But, you know, even though that's noble and he was nominated for an Oscar and blah, 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 I still feel like in a way you're, you're squeezing water out of a sponge at this point, you know? It's like, could they do another Rocky? Yeah, it's, it's Stallone in a wheelchair at a senior's home, and his grandson comes into the picture, and, you know, Rocky's teaching him how to dance around the ring by using his wheelchair because the wheelchair has wheels, and it, it makes the kid have to dance, and, you know, there, you could always put a spin on something. I mean, these days you could bring characters back CGI and probably work them into a sequel. Like dead people. So it's it, sequels are a tricky dance. Great question. I know this was a long answer, but you asked me about four or five questions in, in there, and I thought, you know, I'd give you a straight answer. Um, so there you go. Thanks for calling, man. You're, I hope everyone else found it as interesting as, as you might have, and uh, I appreciate the question. And uh, let's, let's get to something silly to close out the show here. We got a little too serious there. People always get upset when I get too serious. So let, let's, let's, uh, Roger, let's switch gears, do a commercial, then we'll come back and have some fun to close out the show. Let's face it. There are good kinds of yeast and bad kinds of yeast. But bad yeast goes scat with yeastostat. Burns an itch or a thing of the past. And yeastostat's seven easy step application makes feeling fresh a breeze. I like yeast in my bagel, but not in my muffin. Did you hear the news? Let's have a chat. That yeast goes down with yeast I said. I'm free. The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. I think you're crazy. Okay. Here it is. Here's the crazy news story headline. You ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? Here it is. Man skips work for six years. No one notices. Huh? Uh, here's the story. A, a 69-year-old Spanish man was fined this week after officials discovered he hadn't shown up to work for at least six years. Ironically, the civil servant was discovered only when the deputy mayor attempted to give him an award for 20 years of loyal and dedicated service. (laughs) I thought, where is this man, said the mayor. The newspaper notes uh, that the, uh, the mayor went on to say, is he still there? Has he retired? Has he died? Uh, According to the newspaper, a legal case was launched against a man, Joaquin Garcia. The case finally wrapped up this week with Garcia, who retired in 2011, losing an appeal and being issued a fine of approximately $30,000. That's uh, equivalent to one year's salary after taxes and was the most... He could legally, it was the most that could legally be reclaimed. That's a pretty good deal. I mean, if this guy makes uh, 30 grand a year, right? And you multiply that by six, 
And at the end of the six, they only take back one. In other words, 30 grand. I mean, this guy's made, uh, what's he made? He's made like almost $150,000. That's one smart employee. That guy should have an employee of the month. That guy should have an employee of the year plaque on the wall. That guy should have the employee of the six years plaque on the wall. I mean, how do you not notice a guy? Did, did he not have any friends at work? Did he not have to deal with anyone? Was he locked in a closet? Like, how, how could no one in the whole facility go, uh, hey, where the hell is, uh, what's his name? Where the hell's Jacques Garcia? Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't seen him. Have you seen him? No, I haven't seen him either. I don't I think I saw him I don't know maybe a few days ago but it's a little blurry it feels like maybe a few months maybe Yes I think maybe even a few years Yeah maybe a few years almost a decade maybe Yeah that's probably more accurate Probably over half a decade I have not seen Jacqueline Neither have I but I'm sure he's around I mean he has to be right Yeah I guess he must be I mean his desk and chair are still there I think you're right. I mean, how could a desk and chair in an office be there and he's not there? Exactly what I was thinking. These people, idiots. Let's finish this story here. The investigation into Garcia determined he hadn't been to his office (laughs) for at least six years and possibly as long as 14 years. (laughs) This gets funnier, and then the article says, and had done, quote, absolutely no work between 2007 and 2010. He was supposed to be supervising the construction of a water treatment plant, the BBC reports. Okay, this wasn't just a guy that was overseeing, like, you know, shuffling a few documents and files. This guy was overseeing the construction of a giant plant. And by the way, a plant that that purifies water and affects the whole city. It says the water company thought the city council was in charge of Garcia. Well, the city council thought the water company was in charge of Garcia. Or Jacqueline or whatever his name is. Garcia's his last name. Okay. See, it's his last name. A water company manager admitted to not having seen Garcia for years despite having an office across from him. What is wrong with these people? I, I, has anybody, I know the birthday pool's coming up. Is it, does Garcia have a birthday at all or is he immortal? I mean... Don't we do birthdays for everyone every year? Where's where's Jacqueline? Uh, Garcia, the guy who hasn't shown up, who's still alive, Garcia argues he was bullied and given a job with no actual work to do because of his socialist politics. As for what he did with all his free time, the newspaper reports... He became an avid reader of philosophy and an expert on the works of Spinoza. Holy God. 
if a worker doesn't show up to the office, does anyone know it's there? I wonder if that was his philosophy. You know, if a tree falls in a forest, does anyone hear it? How about if a worker doesn't show up to his office, is he there? <laughs> what a joke. I, I, anyone, I know if you people listening want to maybe try this little routine. Hey, has anyone seen Dale in uh, Counts Receivable? No, man, I haven't seen him. Oh, okay, well. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen him in nine years, but I don't want to stir the pot. Yeah, me neither, man. I mean, you know, he's probably somewhere. He's probably down in the lunchroom. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, he does smoke a lot, so maybe he's just out on a cigarette break. Yeah, I mean, where else well, where else would he be, man? Yeah, now that you mention I think it's been about 14 years. Yeah, you're right. You know where it really hit me that he wasn't around when we threw that, uh, Retirement party for him, and no one came up on stage to get the gold watch. Yeah, that's true. I remember that. Maybe it was a sick day. Yeah, maybe, I guess. Are people idiots? Maybe it's easier than one thinks to to pull this stunt. You know, people are so politically correct nowadays, maybe just no one wanted to say it, no one wanted to ruffle any feathers. It's like you walk into your your boss's office. He's like, hey, excuse me, uh, senor, but uh, Garcia is not at work today. Oh, really? Well, how about I slap you with a sexual assault lawsuit? Huh? How about maybe uh, I call you up on charges of battery or something? Um, you know what? I think I did see him in his office. It's all coming back to me now. That's what I thought. So who knows? But, you know, I got to say, my hat's off to my sombrero's off to this guy. I mean, this guy, he 14 years off and he pays a $30,000 fine? First, I thought it was six years, they said. Then they kind of upped it and said it might have been as much as 14 years. That guy's sitting on, uh, you know, 300, 400 grand. That's a smart employee. If if you knew you could invest 30 grand to make 400, wouldn't you do it? That's better than the stock market. This guy's a genius. He should be, he should be promoted to CEO and never come in. He should be, she should be made CEO of this company and not go to one board meeting. I see this company making it to the top of the Forbes 500. In fact, don't even have a building. Don't even don't even put it on the stock stock market. I love it, man. Well, I hope this guy's enjoying his uh, philosophy books and uh, Spinoza. Who the who the hell is Spinoza? I think as a final thing, we got We got to look that up, don't we? Spinoza. I'm, I'm guessing it's obviously some kind of a a philosopher. Let's let's look this guy up. Spinoza. Do, do any of you know who who that is? Spinoza. I mean, he must be teaching this guy something. Let's let's Google this right now. Here we go. I'm going into uh, Wikipedia. Baruch Spinoza. Well, you know, even if this guy skipped work, he's teaching us something. I never would have thought to look up who 
Baruch Spinoza is. Here we go. Baruch Spinoza. Uh, born 24th of November, 1632, which is also the same date Garcia last went into work, by the way. Uh, the breadth and importance of Spinoza's work was not fully realized until many years after his death. By laying groundwork for the 18th century, uh, Enlightenment and modern biblical criticism, including modern conceptions of the self and the universe, he came to be considered one of the great rationalists of the 17th century with his philosophy. Spinoza's magnum opus, in which he opposed uh, De Socrates, De, De, De Descartes' mind-body dualism. Okay, this is getting heavy. Had earned him rec recognition as one of Western philosophy's most important thinkers. Spinoza wrote the last indisputable Latin masterpiece, and one in which the refined conceptions of medieval philosophy are finally turned against themselves and destroyed entirely. Wow. His, his philosophical accomplishments and moral character prompted 20th century philo philosopher Gillies de Luze to name him the Prince of Philosophers. Well, boy, oh boy, if you got to take work off and study, uh, study something... You know, why not go deep? Why not go deep, deep, deep into somebody who's deep, deep, deep? I love it. So there you go. Next time you're at work and, uh, you know, you don't see someone there for five or six years, they're probably off getting their brain filled with, you know, somebody who's a uh, genius. And I don't mean Spinoza. What I mean is they're probably off listening to all 800 episodes of the Harlan Highway, of course. Thank you, and I won't be in today. Okay, well, let's leave it there. That's kind of hilarious. I found that story quite amusing. What a what a goofball. Um, and speaking of hilarious, uh, let me remind you all. Uh, of some of my hilarious stand-up comedy, uh, live comedy shows coming up. Uh, if you're in the Houston area, uh, March 10th through the 13th, that is coming up uh, next week, boys and girls. I'll be at the Houston Improv in Houston, Texas, March 10th to the uh, 13th. So come on out and check it out. And then uh, in April, oh, my God, the comedy party gets started. Uh, in case you haven't heard yet, the cop, excuse me, the comedy party is uh, a theater tour I'm doing, three nights only in Dubuque, and uh, we're doing a couple of nights in Illinois. And uh, it's going to be great, man. It's me, Polly Shore, Tom Green, and Bobby Lee from Mad TV, the little Korean guy, hilarious. Uh, it's all four of us under one roof uh, in beautiful theaters, uh, and uh, you don't want to miss it. Each each city is just one show only. Uh, it's going to be such a blast. Four hilarious comedians, four different, completely different styles. 
I mean, it, it's just going to be a riot. So uh, don't miss the party, the comedy party. Go on to harlandwilliams.com. Check my uh, stand-up comedy uh, link uh, on my website and get your tickets now. You are going to love this. April 7, 8, and 9. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. going to be incredible. So don't miss the comedy party at harlowilliams.com. The following week, April 14th to the uh, 17th, yours truly will be in Brea, California. That's a beautiful city just outside of Los Angeles. It's about 40 minutes uh, east of L.A., and that's the Improv in Brea. That's April 14th to 17th. And then uh, the end of April, April 28th through to the beginning of May, that weekend, April 28th to, uh, I guess it would be May 1st, I will be uh, at the West Edmonton Mall at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Yes. And then in May, I go up to New York uh, to Gotham Live. Oh, my God. Just some really cool clubs happening, some cool theaters happening. Please check it out. While you're at harlowilliams.com, uh, don't uh, forget to uh, call me. Leave me phone messages, 323-739-4330. That's 323-739-4330. You can leave me a phone message and... As you heard in today's show, I, I might even respond to it. I don't get to all of them, but I kind of pick and choose. And it could be a question. It could be a song. It could be a, a comment. It could be an obscenity, whatever you want. Um, you could also write me at harlowilliams.com. Uh, there's a link there, a contact link. You can write to the fan page. I read all the emails personally and... Uh, also, uh, don't forget to get our app for your phone, the Harland Highway app, ladies and gurgle gloggins. You just go into your app store and type in the Harland Highway, and you're in for free. You get the latest 50 episodes, and if you join our premium membership, okay, for $20 a year, you get my whole other podcast called Let's Have a Fight, where I have verbal fights with the likes of uh, Greg Fitzsimmons, Orny Adams, Tom Green, Adam Carolla. I mean, I'm getting all the best funny people around, and we just have a verbal throwdown. It's three seven-minute rounds, and it is a blast. The last one aired just a few days ago uh, with me and Adam Carolla, so it's still fresh. Please join our premium content uh, when you get the, uh, the app. And it's only $20 a year. Plus, you get uh, my live stand-up. You get you get uh, special interviews with some of my characters. All kinds of great stuff. So don't miss out on that. Also, check out our store. We have a great store at the website where you can purchase goofy, funny, silly, incredible merchandise. And... Uh, and that is that. So, hey, everybody, thank you for, for being here at the podcast today. Love having you along. Love making you laugh and smile and think, if that's even possible. And, uh, and that's it. Until next time, everybody, you know the drill. Chicken chow mein, baby. I'm Marie, and I lost 50 pounds on Nutrisystem.